the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Thessalonians. Look at verse 1 with me here in chapter 5, verse 1. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Circle the word thief. Will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. The end of this world as we know it may be closer than you think. You can see signs of the last days that the Bible predicts, but it also could be generations away still. God's timeline is His own. We can't predict it. Pastor Gary today will be reminding you that regardless of the timing, you need to be prepared. When Christ returns, it will be immediate. There won't be a warning bell, an hour to get ready. When He comes... It's time. So right now, prepare and tell others to get ready too. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Now again, if you are new to our study, if you're just jumping in on our last chapter the book of First Thessalonians is divided into three sections. Trials will come, that's chapters 1, 2, and 3. Temptations will come, that's chapter 4. Jesus will come, that's chapters 4 and 5. And in particular, last week, we talked about an event that happens on the timeline here of end-time events. So I just want to go over this, and then we'll start into chapter 5. But again, when we look at what the Bible teaches in terms of the chronology of events related to the end times. I mean, the reality is this world is coming to an end. The Bible predicts it, uh, the prophets told us, and uh, so what we have available to us through the Bible is a handbook um, that reveals, obviously, the larger picture of the Bible is God's love for us and His plan to rescue us and to save us from our sins uh, so that there's this eternal inheritance we can have in Christ, go to heaven when we die. That's, that's big picture Bible. But a part of what the Bible teaches is uh, giving us insight into things that are yet to come. The Bible talks about events related to the end times. And much of what you read in the newspaper today, we're seeing as part of biblical prophecy being fulfilled in our day. 
Uh, I mean, now this is before my time, but, but some of you might be here who were born uh, 1948 or before. That's a huge milestone in biblical prophecy when on May 14th, 1948, the nation of Israel comes together again. All of those Jews who had been dispersed make Aliyah to Israel, not all of them, but many of them make Aliyah to Israel. The Jewish nation is rebirthed out of Ezekiel 38, 39, what, what the Bible, and 37, what it speaks about, about the, the coming again of the nation of Israel, a language that had basically died. Also, Hebrew becomes reborn, if you will. And so we see biblical prophecy even in our own time. And on the timeline of events, what you have, starting with the crucifixion of Christ and his burial and then his resurrection, and then 40 days later, the Bible says he ascended into heaven. So roughly, we're talking 32 AD. That becomes now a a new marker in end time events, because what that ushered in following Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, so now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, having risen from the dead, having ascended back into heaven, it ushers in the church age. Now, we're presently living in the church age. And so, right now, we're somewhere on this timeline. We, we don't know how far into the second coming of Christ we are, how close we are to it, but we're now living in this timeline of the church age. The next event to happen is what we talked about last week in chapter 4. It's what uh, the Bible doesn't use the word rapture, but the Bible teaches rapture, and the Latin word raptus, meaning to be seized or caught up, is, is spoken of in First Thessalonians chapter 4, the rapture of the church. This is when This is when there will be a generation that doesn't experience death, that there will be a time, a point in time, when God will sound a trumpet, and the first thing that happens is those Christians who have already died and their spirits went to heaven, their their bodies will rise from the grave and become a glorified body to be reunited with their spirit so that then they will have spirit, soul, and body, a glorified body all together. That's the first thing that happens. But then immediately on the heels of that, it says, and we who are alive and remain, Christians who are on the earth at that particular time, will be caught up together with them, caught up, raptus, sarpazo in the Greek, to be seized, to be caught up, snatched from the earth, to be with them with the Lord in the clouds. And that so we shall be with the Lord forever. And then First Thessalonians 4 ends by saying, and therefore encourage each other with these words. That's an encouraging thing to think about how you and I may possibly not experience a death, but instead we will be transformed and glorified on the way up. We get a glorified body on the way up to heaven, and so we'll be in the clouds. Now, again, as I said last week, the way that we interpret Scripture here at Cornerstone, and there's, there's a lot of debate among good, godly men and women as to when the rapture will happen relative to the seven years of tribulation that follows, We believe the great preponderance of Scripture teaches a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, pre-before the tribulation that the church is snatched, that Christians are taken from the earth. But it's going to follow, after that, seven years of tribulation. Now, this is what this last chapter of 1 Thessalonians alludes to. And what I'm going to spend a little bit of time doing with you is talking about how, even though chapter 5 alludes to it, what are the details that are actually explicit between Revelation 6 and 18. And I'm not going to do, you know, a deep study of Revelation 6 to 18. It's going to be more of a survey so that we understand what's going to actually happen during the seven-year tribulation period. What's going to be happening on the earth 
after Christians have been removed, what's going to be happening on the earth during the seven-year tribulation? By the way, one of the questions I often get from people is, will folks who are left here on earth, who have not been taken because they weren't believers, those who are left behind on the earth during the seven-year tribulation period, will they be able to become Christians? Yes, they will. They will still be able to become Christians. But the cost of being a Christian during this time will be your life. Because when you get saved during this time period, the Antichrist is revealed. The only way you can buy or sell is to receive the mark of the beast, which is the mark of the Antichrist, and without which you cannot buy or sell. And if you don't bow down and worship the Antichrist, the beast, you will be murdered. You will be martyred for your faith. And so because of what's going to be happening during the seven years of tribulation, you can get saved, but you're also going to pay dearly with your life. And so it's going to be a very difficult time. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. And then following, Jesus comes to earth and he brings all the saints back with him. The climatic thing that happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation is the battle of what? Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon, where all the nations converge against Israel. But Jesus then comes and he overthrows the enemies of God who have converged against God and against Israel. Zechariah chapter 14 tells us, it says, and then his feet, I think it's verse four, uh, Zechariah 14 verse four, and then his feet will stand upon the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem because the Lord will return in the same way that he went, which is what Acts chapter one tells us. Remember when Jesus goes out to the Mount of Olives and then he ascends back into heaven in front of his disciples and then it tells us how an angel of the Lord appeared and said to his disciples, why are you staring into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come again to the same place. And so Jesus comes again to the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem. And Zechariah 14 says, and when he does, when he places his foot on the Mount of Olives, there's this great earthquake And the Mount of Olives, the range moves to the north and separates to the south. And then a freshwater river comes from underneath the Temple of Jerusalem, the tabernacle area, uh, the Temple Mount. And then it floods all the way down to the Dead Sea. And Ezekiel says, and it makes the Dead Sea, which is 37% salinity. It is the saltiest body of water on earth. But it tells us in Ezekiel that it will be made fresh water. The Dead Sea becomes fresh water. That's what the Bible prophesies. If you want to get a a jump start, friends, open a bait and tackle shop by the Dead Sea. (laughs) They'll think you're crazy now, but you'll have a corner on the market on that day. Look at verse 1 with me here in chapter 5, verse 1. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Circle the word thief will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So in this first verse, it talks about the day of the Lord. If you'll notice that phrase there, the day of the Lord, Um, that does not mean necessarily a single day. That phrase Day of the Lord is used 22 times in the Bible, 16 times in the Old Testament, six times in the New. Rather than referring to a particular day, the day of the Lord is a phrase often used that speaks of a series of events related to his second coming. 
So it's, it's accurate to say that the day of the Lord includes the rapture of the church, but it's also accurate to say the day of the Lord includes his second coming to earth. It's also accurate to say that the day of the Lord includes the millennial kingdom, the great judgment, that all that follows. All of this that we speak of is really the day of the Lord. Now, in particular, what uh, Paul is going to mention here by, by way of inference is there in verse 3 when he talks about destruction destruction. He says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. So that's his uh, uh, reference to the tribulation period. It's going to be a time of devastation and destruction. Now, before I go into some of the bullet points of what that day will look like on earth, um, I first want to just again draw your attention to this idea about how the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night, a thief in the night. I remember as uh, a teenager reading this, and I, I got saved when I was 15, and so as, I'm, as I was first pouring myself into Scripture and reading about the day of the Lord coming like a thief in the night, the first place my mind went was the idea of, you know, thieves are bad. This is scary. Uh, you know, thie- thieves aren't nice people. Uh, you know, thieves come in, they break into your house, and, uh, and so why in the Lord, my first confusion in the Bible I remember was, why is the idea of Jesus coming again compared to something that is typically a bad thing? You know, a thief coming in the night, somebody who's scary, somebody's there to harm you, your family, and rob from you. This doesn't sound like a cheerful comparison. But it's, it's not comparing the return of Jesus to the idea of, you know, a thief coming in to do harm. It's only a comparison insofar as this will be a day of surprise. You know, no thief announces his arrival in advance. You know, you don't get a note, a sticky note on the door of your house saying, by the way, I'm going to rob your house tomorrow night. You know, they don't come, you know, announcing themselves. It's a moment of surprise. So that's what is meant here. And this is not the only time that the, that the concept of Jesus coming like a thief is used in the Bible. Many times it is used. Now, in the interest of time, I'm not going to have you turn there, but I'm going to read for you several examples of how in the Bible the return of Christ is compared to a thief in the night. So here's what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 42 to 44. He says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Also, we read this in 2 Peter 3, verse 10. Peter said, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Now there, Peter talks about this great destruction of the earth, but what he's referring to here on our timeline is at this point, after the tribulation period, the present earth is going to be destroyed, present heaven is going to be destroyed, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, in Revelation, John says that the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, and heaven and earth kind of literally uh, become one location. You know, we talk about it's, it's heaven on earth. Well, one day it will be. Uh, now it's just a, a, a bad expression, but one day it really will be heaven on earth. And that's actually what Peter's referring to there when he uses the phrase day of the Lord. But again, it's this whole concept of like a thief. Listen to what Jesus said in Revelation 3 verse 3. Remember therefore what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. 
Revelation 16, 15, Jesus said this, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. So it's just this idea of like, you know, be ready, be ready. You know, don't trip out over the idea of, am I going to be raptured naked and be embarrassed in front of the whole? It's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Trust me, when we're in the presence of Jesus, we won't care about anything, even your nakedness, all right? But he's coming like a thief. So it's that idea of it's, it's not going to be announced. And, and people who put dates to his second coming, and people have done that, those are false prophets. You, you can't put a date to it. J- Jesus even said himself in Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse 36, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Now, we can know the, the seasons. We can see the signs of the times. We can look at things even in our own news and realize there are many things we can see. We can recognize, ah, signs of the times. The, the time is drawing near. But we can't dare ever put a date on it because then that's being a false prophet. Jesus said, angels don't know, not even the son. It's interesting. It's one thing that the son, even Jesus himself said, even though he's fully God, co-equal with God, co-eternal with God, that that's an element that he has deferred to the Father, and he himself does not know. But there's going to be a day when the Father says, all right, son, time to go back, and Jesus will come again. But it's this whole concept of being ready, because he's going to come like a thief in the night. And then suddenly, after the church is raptured, after we're taken, Paul says, while people are saying peace and safety, which is another similarity in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about how people will be marrying and giving in marriage, people will be eating and drinking, people will be buying and exchanging, and it was just like that in the days of Noah, and Jesus makes that comparison. He says, you remember when the flood came on the earth? Is that people were, were just living life as usual. And that's what's going to happen when Christ returns. People are just going to be living life as usual, and then he will return. So people are going to be saying, peace and safety, everything's good, everything's normal, but then suddenly destruction will come on them as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. So let me talk a little bit about this destruction and what earth will look like in the absence of the church. And this is all taken from Revelation between chapter 6 and 18. I'm going to give you um, the, the, the reference points here on this. And what I'm going to focus on, just, just so that we get the idea of what's going to be happening on earth, in Revelation between 6 and 18, those chapters, it talks about a series of seals that will be opened, and it talks about uh, trumpets that will be blown, and it talks about uh, vials or, or dishes that will be poured out. Now, All of those things I just mentioned, seals and trumpets and and dishes or bowls, are announcements of God's different judgment that will come upon the earth. And he starts out by saying there will be a series of seals. Now, seals as in not, you know, but uh, that was a very poor, maybe they do it this way. Anyway, I don't belong in SeaWorld. Anyway, um, but in the terms of like a scroll, and that they would be typically sealed with a wax seal, and there's going to be the seal broken, and then the scroll is unraveled, and then a judgment will be announced. 
and then a trumpet, then there's going to be a series of, of trumpets that will be blown. And with each blowing of a trumpet, it announces a new judgment that comes upon the earth. And then finally, the series of bowls that will be poured out. And this is God's judgment that comes upon the earth. So here's um, the opening of the six seals. Now, this is all taken from Revelation chapter 6. There's actually seven seals that are open, but the seventh seal is just announcing the trumpets that follow. So in the, se- in the six seals that are open, uh, this is what we read in chapter 6 of Revelation. The Antichrist is, is going to get revealed. Now, the Antichrist may, in fact, even be on the world scene now, but just has not really become known um, or at least identified. You know, we might know who the Antichrist is unknowingly. He might uh, be here, but he will be revealed after the church is taken. And, and then there will be war. I mean, right now we just hear wars and rumors of wars, but then there will be war across the, the planet followed by famine and economic collapse. Uh, It's interesting, in chapter 6 of Revelation, it's tragic but interesting, it tells us that in that day, because there will be great economic collapse, and as a part of the the famine, you know, both go hand in hand, right? When you have economic collapse, you have famine that often follows. It tells us in Revelation 6 that a quart of wheat will cost a day's wage. Now, a quart of wheat was basically needed to bake a single loaf of bread. And so consider that during the time of tribulation, because of economic collapse, it will cost a day's wage to buy one loaf of bread. So I did the math. Let's just say on average, on average, an average salary in, in our area at least, 50000 just 50000 annual salary. That means that a loaf of bread will cost $200, $200 for a loaf of bread. It also tells us that there will be, when the opening of the fourth seal, that there will be the death of some unbelievers. It tells us in chapter 6 of Revelation that death was given power to kill a fourth of the world population by sword, famine, and plague. Now, that's interesting. This is all part of God's judgment. Look, don't get lost in the idea of this sounds like a really angry God who's really mad at the world, and I can't believe he's, he's going around introducing plagues and famine and death like this. So let me help you with, with that, because I know that it, that can be very hard to understand. When you had to learn a really hard lesson, what did it take? It took a lot, right? When, when, when we are stubborn about something, and we need to learn a lesson, we often learn a lesson the hard way. And those life lessons that we learn the hard way are often very, very painful. So I want you to understand what is going on here. The earth is about ready to be destroyed. There are plenty of people on the planet who have thumbed their nose at God, been angry with God, uh, rebelled against God, hate God, and make it known. What does it take to reach those people? And so this is God's wake-up call. Will this be devastating? Yes. Will this be horrific? Yes. Will this be tragic? Yes. Yes to all the above. Check, check, check. But when you realize that everything is about ready to come to an end, everything on the planet is about ready to come to an end, because what's going to happen on that timeline is, after all of this, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and that's it. And people who don't know the Lord, they're done. And only those who know the Lord go on into eternity. And you talk about living happily ever after, that's what's going to happen forever and ever and ever. So what is it going to take to wake up this last generation at that time when Christ comes 
who have been angry and rebellious towards God. It's going to take this stuff that we're reading. So, so when you look at this and say, this, this is terrible. This is, I can't believe God would do this. No, realize, God loves so much that He actually goes to this great extent inflicting all of this on the world so that finally some will wake up and say, okay, and cry out to God. So as hard as this all sounds, remember the motivation is the love of a father who doesn't want this last generation to completely perish. So he's going to come on strong and say, can you hear me now? Right? And so that's what's going to be happening here through the series of all these things. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of Cornerstone Connection as Pastor Gary Hamrick teaches through the book of 1 Thessalonians. If you're interested in hearing this message again or others like it, feel free to visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. You can also download our mobile app so you can have these teachings with you on the go. This is a great way to keep up with Pastor Gary's studies and to have encouragement from God's Word at your fingertips. Find a link to download the app for your iPhone or Android device at our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Once there, simply look under the Teachings tab. You can also learn more about the church this radio ministry originates from, Cornerstone Chapel. We'd be excited to meet you if you're in the area. You'll find all you need to know about service times and other information on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. We trust you've been encouraged by today's teaching from the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we encourage you to read over today's message on your own. And then make plans to join Pastor Gary again for more from this New Testament letter right here on Cornerstone Connection. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.